This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's been another roller coaster week in the life of the bees. Plenty coming up over the course of the next hour or so here on Love Sport. We're going to be looking back on the Cardiff match. Two points lost or one point gained. We're going to be hearing what the fans and head coach Thomas Frank had to say after that draw with the Bluebirds. We'll also be looking at the state of officiating in the EFL and asking what could be done to improve the game. Plus, we are putting our neck on the line and predicting promoted teams, relegated teams and the top scorer in this season's championship. Championship. Will it or won't it be a certain Ollie Watkins? This Never is... heard of him. It's a favorite fan show. Of course it is. You can hear Billy B. Grant from Besotted. Hello, Billy. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. And XG Dave Anderson with us too. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I Good, actually don't you. know how to say hello in Welsh, but I should have done after the weekend because, you know, <laughs> I was actually infused in, in, in Welsh activity at the weekend, but unfortunately I uh, wasn't there for long enough to actually learn how to speak the language. <laughs> many, many local horns. You visited, our, I imagine. We, just, we visited a few local haunts. I also went to Cardiff Castle as well. Because, Did you? Yeah, yeah. I tell you something. I've been to I've been to Cardiff many, many times. I know a lot of people know about the Copenhagen story. There's always a Cardiff story <laughs> as well. And uh, Cardiff is. Uh, and uh, every time I go back there, I think this is a wicked city. Uh, I remember all the places I used to go to back in the day. The Philharmonic as well, which is uh, which is a bit, a bit of an old boy soul boy haunt back in the day as well. So, uh, but yeah, and I passed all of that and I had a bit of a tear in my eye, just sort of kind of reminiscing about all the days back in Cardiff <laughs> tell you what something I've missed out in my life is the old boy soul boy haunts I tell you I need a bit <laughs> of that too. I mean it uh, does sound pretty good you, doesn't it telling you it's uh, absolutely teething tremendous as they say you know we basically what I used to do back in the days that you used to use the excuse for football um to go clubbing you know to go around the country so you know going up to the hacienda up in manchester mm. going to the pink whatever it's called toothbrush or whatever it may be in derby going to the whatever the club may be in uh, in birmingham city as well like that so literally you knew all the clubs all the different places to go to all around the country and then uh, it used to revolve it around brentford games and it's fantastic you know and then cardiff the Phil- philharmonic was the one Wow, okay. Sounds very interesting. Maybe one for another podcast, the late night edition of the fan show. Activity. (laughs) Gents, you've been in the White Heart. Of course you have. You've been whispering. The White Heart Whisperers. You know, the White Heart around the corner, Great Suffolk Street, just around the corner from Suffolk Station. Wicked, wicked pub. Always take very good care of us. And because they take such care of us, we're very relaxed. And we have a little, it's like a little production meeting there beforehand with a little bit of tucker, a, little, a few little drinks. And we talk about bits and pieces. And uh, we were thinking about, God, jeez, it's like... All of a sudden, we're at the we're at the business end of the season. There's ten games to go. Now, with ten games to go, we're thinking, oh no, you know, ten games to go, but only six, maybe seven left at Griffin Park. We need to count down those ten games. So we thought, tell you something, let's put together in the White Heart Whisper. We thought, come up with an idea of let's come together with a a top ten somethings that have happened at Griffin <clears throat> Park. So we've come up with a whole load of things that we're going to talk about over the next ten weeks as well. Um, things like maybe the best Brentford player to have played at Griffin Park. And it doesn't have to be the best player, but the one who's had the biggest impact on your, on you, you know, the best kit, uh, the best goal. Yeah, uh, greatest goal, sort of greatest player. Uh, greatest moment there's quite a few on this list that are going to keep people there quite interested opposition in. player atmosphere yep. maybe the biggest comeback um opposition team yeah you know um but, yeah, but, but what got... was but what was the one that we came up with today because like i said to you, the white heart is great for just kind of yeah you know, your juice basically is... your juice is flowing the white heart that's where it all happens and the one we were thinking about which we're going to tackle today is 
the greatest travesty, the greatest Brentford travesty at Griffin Park that you can think of. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to tackle. And um, and we've again we were discussing it. And we talked to a few characters as well. What we're going to do is every week we put it out on the social media, and you yeah. can also come up with your thoughts as well. Because you know we could probably do a whole show on this today. But already you know people came up with uh, loads of loads of different ideas. There was things like. Uh, I remember um, the season 1993 when we played Knotts uh, County. I think it was the last it was the last home game of the season. <laughs> and uh, bigger, the referee put eight minutes of stoppage time on, and Knotts uh, County equalised in those eight minutes. And as a result, we got relegated that season, and uh, that was a major travesty. Yeah, there was also um, a bit more recent. Uh Fernando Torres, the little uh, Liverpool Chelsea striker you may have heard of, scoring quite late on and sort of finding his shooting boots. And uh, we were playing Chelsea in the FA Cup that time. We were two one up at yeah. the time, weren't we? And it was uh, we thought this is it. This is the dreamland we're going through. And um, yeah, funnily enough, he finds his shooting boots quite late on. And uh, I don't travesty. remember that. I don't remember that. Was, Ooh. Ch- was that Torres for Chelsea? Yeah, 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 yeah. they Ros the days. It was brilliant. They came out on the pitch. It was uh, <clears> it was Rafa was their boss, uh, and they walked out, and there was like twelve thousand fans going absolutely rabid because we were Potty. first division word, I think. no one you know no one expected us to do no. anything in those days and we went you know one nil up and I think it was one all and then two one for Forrester scored a golden knee as well and then we were seven minutes away from victory and bang Torres who was really rubbish at the time mm. Scored a goal and he, you know, and then we went back to Chelsea. Of and then, we yeah, lost. we won't talk about the Chelsea no, one, but no, because no, <laughs> it's not because it doesn't count as the uh, in this section as no, well. No, as no, well. nothing to do um, with it. Uh, some people might laugh as remember when uh, Andy Scott decided to move the dugouts as well from uh, from the Braemar Road to the to the to the new road as well, and then made them unequal size because he thought he's going to have some sort of psychological advantage, you know. <laughs> but all it made us do is made us look like a bunch of really petty, petty. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pitchgate as yeah, well. Yeah, Pitchgate. Um, Pitchgate. This pitch was awful. Wasn't wasn't it? it was in that bottom right hand corner it was just rubbish that's what that's what i'm thinking of a pitch gate yeah terrible well no not very good is there well, another one well there's no it's a bit it's a few seasons ago when the pitch was basically oh yeah it was like a beach it was it it was just like a mess in that bottom right hand corner but then wasn't we, it? we relayed it remember yeah and then and it was, was worse. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then bln got injured because yeah. of it and uh, he was out for like most of the season yeah I we think never it was. saw much of him never no. really got into into what he could have done yeah, for us but few, yeah i think a few people got in trouble because of that but there's we a few m- people that may have left we will move on from that um and there's one which is a b in my bonnet as well Birmingham at home in this season I keep on talking about that one when Birmingham if you want to talk about XG you've got XG Dave there what was the yeah. XG of that game for Birmingham's Birmingham one 0.01 it was it was a really really small chance it was like a header from about 30 yards yeah so basically the probability of that ever happening again is about one in a thousand or ten thousand I think it was more than that I think it was a sort of one yeah it was about ten thousand or something one about fifteen thousand it was that it was a ridiculous ridiculous chance so if they did that another ten thousand times they probably wouldn't score. That is basically how much it was, and it's the only chance of the game where we lost that one as well. Um, what else was there? Uh, there was, well? Um, well, I won't go too much into this one. It's a uh, pint gate, the Carl Robinson pint gate. I won't go too, too many of the details. Well, yeah. But Bart Robinson came out, and he wasn't massively popular with uh, Brentford fans. And no. there's uh, a, a, a um, and he, I think that's right. No, he had a little bit of a fracas, <laughs> fracas with fans on the te- uh, and the te- and the terraces between the paddock and him. And if you know Carl Robinson, he he doesn't shirk at all. So he kind of like he, I think he fronted up a few of the fans and then when he came out there was uh, there was there was fans sort of kind of milling in the uh, in the foyer area <laughs> and then uh, and then I think a pint glass went up it was in a plastic glass I think it was and then Carl Robertson sort of uh, reported it to the authorities and people were saying that nothing actually really happened but mm-hmm. that was known in the phrase as pint gate so I think when we went back to to uh, Franchise FC aka MK Dons uh, a few months later there was about 3,000 balloons with pint glasses on them as well which were just let off into the ether <laughs> gotta love football fans that's what it's I'd say what you've got to love this this topic I like the fact that we're getting this one out early I suppose yeah. starting at the bottom and eventually <laughs> moving up apparently uh, one you know we talk about travesty apparently there's a Chinese Elvis performed at half time on two separate occasions during the Leroy Rossinia season as well so uh, I think that affected quite a few people as well um, getting a little bit more serious as well Ron Nodes obviously being um, um, the manager stroke owner stroke ch- chairman stroke coach Accountant. you know <laughs> and everything and, and basically just, just allegedly siphoning money out of uh, Griffin Park at the time was a bit of a travesty as well and obviously Dave Webb 
Um, yep, Dave Webb as well. But my favourite one, and I'm sort of one I just finish off a little bit more lighthearted, is uh, Dave Lane's own goal. Um, there oh, might yes. be some footage of this somewhere. Oh, it's, uh, it was a three-two loss, and <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a, a match great at travesty. Park. Yeah, there's a match at Griffin Park, and uh, Laney decided that he needed to score a goal, so he decided to turn around and put the ball in the back of his own net. <laughs> On purpose, or is this is? <laughs> I think you did I mean, on purpose. You'd have to listen. ask him. We might yeah. have to get him on, but I don't think it was on purpose. Well, no, you never know. You're just you're, so you're assuming. You know, you're assuming. I'm assuming, but until I'm looking forward to seeing the footage. Of this I've not seen. It. I've just heard a had a rumor, but I think it's true. So it's brilliant. Is there actual footage? Maybe, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's I think it's in the vault, the vault somewhere, and I think you have to pay to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies put it under sort of kind of. He's got high security. <laughs> I've, oh, I, I've potentially got one, but I don't want to upset anyone because no. it hasn't come up yet, and well, I'm surprised. It's got, yeah. it's not, it hasn't got the F word in it, has it? It's not got the F word in it. No. Have you got more to come? No, well, no, no. no, got no loads, we, but Karen, carry on. We know it. No, 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 no. You got the biggest one. That's 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 the final one on the list. You're, <laughs> okay. You talk about you, you talk about the one when the ping and the yeah. and they're crying and <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll okay. come. We'll Fine. come on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people know what we're talking about. Well, we have to leave that one till last because yeah. that one, the tears were so great in that one as well. Um, apparently. There was uh, one time when Brentford thought there's a really good idea to have this grey and red home kit. So they got, I think it was um, Dobson, one of our players, who was only about 16, to wear this grey and red home kit. And they walked him around the pitch. And, and the amount of abuse that he got by the time he walked away around the end of the pitch, they decided that it probably wasn't a good idea to change us from red and white to red and grey. It was possibly the worst home kit you've ever see whose decision how long ago was this whose decision was that to, to what's a grey and red stripes yes it? ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it was quite bad as well what else I mean have you seen anything as well there is uh, I, I suppose what's you've got to talk about Huddersfield isn't it uh, what was the Huddersfield one which one was that one oh it was a Huddersfield one okay Huddersfield you know this is this one was one of the top three worst ones ever Huddersfield so basically it was a year when Brentford uh, they decided to make only two teams get promoted no one team get promoted automatically from the, the from the third tier as it was because of the playoffs oh, no sorry because of the premier league had got cut down to 20 teams so only one and then the, the remaining four two three four and five are in the playoffs we are first second second first first second we were first for quite a lot then we end up thinking second normally you would have been promoted automatically but we end up in the playoffs and then that season we met a neil warnock's huddersfield <laughs> at griffin park and uh um well, we, we, I think we, I can't remember the score up there. Bob Taylor should have scored up at Huddersfield as well, but we didn't do. We came down to Griffin Park. It ended up equal and it went to penalties and we fluffed it. I think Jamie Bates penalty shootout. Neil mm. Warnock was managing Huddersfield and that was it. And that was, that was the biggest heartache for me because it was the first time that we'd really kind of lost something. Because when we lost to Tranmere a few years before, we kind of slipped in there. It didn't matter so much. That was a big pain, that one. So that was a major travesty that was as well. Um, do you remember Reading? Uh, oh, God, you caught me out of words now, Bill. Which one, which, which one are you talking about? Reading, <laughs> Jamie Curiton, Reading. Uh, oh, God, Reading, no, you lost me. 2000, 2002, we played Reading, and it was the two teams at Griffin Park Whoever won that, well, if we, we had to, to win to get promoted, Reading had to draw to get promoted. We were winning. 77 minutes to go. Jamie Curitan scores an equaliser. Bang, in the back of the net. And then they won. And then there's all fans celebrating on the pitch, Reading fans. And they got promoted and we got to the playoffs. And yet again, we lost in the playoffs as well. <laughs> you know, one of the eight or nine times that we've lost the playoffs, uh, nine out of nine. So, uh, so much heartache being a Brentford fan, isn't there? Especially when you go through these travesties. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to give you the number one because you, I mean, this, this must have affected you and you're not even a Bees fan. <laughs> Absolutely, it <laughs> did. We'll go. Okay, I'm guessing we're looking at the 27th of April 2013. A certain man steps up to take a penalty. Which man is that? Marcelo Trotter. Okay, and mm. it's interesting because he's from Italy, which is very uh, topical at the moment now, isn't it? Italy. It is. It is because of certain activity is happening. Nothing to do with Trotter, of course. No, no, to say, no, but I just no. thought I'll just do a link between <laughs> Italy. Where you're going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he steps up to take the penalty. Of course, it pinged as you said off the bar, and then a certain team named Doncaster counterattacked and slotted home. I believe it was was it James Cop- Hater. No, Coppinger. 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 That's it. Who tucked home, of course, and put Doncaster as champions. Yeah, and that was, that was, I mean, and again, if you look at besotted.com or go to YouTube, besotted1992, we got a video there which is, uh, 
was amazing the video because we somehow managed to film the whole event where the we got the penalty and everyone was cheering and we got so one girl she's actually crying in the video before we've even got it she's crying because like she knows that if we get that penalty we will score it and we will get promoted so there's tears and everything like that then there's a pause you can see a little bit of a tussle between trotter and uh, kev o'connor and then they put the fall down then it just pings across the crossbar and then when it pings the interesting thing is on tv you'll see the ball go down the other end but with us the camera stays still you see the players just collapse on the floor the brentford players like ants it's like you know it's like they've been sort of gassed and they just kind of fell on their backs and on the floor one of them sort of kind of sort of did a sort of slamming down and you know and then they went off to score it was it was quite an emotional moment and it was just really weird afterwards because it was just kind of like an eerie sort of silence you yeah, know stunned silence wasn't it yeah. it was the bit with gary painter was that the the, the attacker who, who went down the right wing and crossed it in i think the big the big lump up top played for leeds for a little bit as Possibly, well i think yeah, it I was remember that bit i just remember and there, there was controversy in. about the penalty itself wasn't there in the sense that he wanted to take it he decided to have the ball himself well this is the tussle that i'm talking about is in kev o'connor is normally our penalty yeah. taker and kevin was about to take it and he got the ball and then trotter started to uh to, to tussle it from him but in the end, Kev didn't say, I'm the captain, it's me. And they were not knocking Kev, which is fine. He actually gave it to Trotter. He said, there you go, mate. And then so Trotter took it and then it, and then it, um, and then, and then he missed it. And then after that, Uwe Rosler, to be fair, he turned around and said to him, I'm going to put a, 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 a sort of kind of, you know, things into place so that people know exactly who's going to take penalties. But mm. I mean, it's a bit late after that because <laughs> we just, we just lost the game and, uh, and we lost in the playoffs, but you know, it's nice that he put it into place anyway wasn't it yeah it certainly was gents that is one heck of a roundup there for the greatest travesty and we'll have more greatest over yeah. the next nine weeks as well and we're going to put it to social media and maybe might have even better things than we could have thought out between us and the the besotted crew who came up with some fantastic selections here yeah good work lovely stuff make sure you tune in for that many more categories to come next on the brentford fan show here on Lost but we are going to be talking all things cardiff for the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from Besotted, Billy the B. Grant and Dave XG <coughs> Anderson. Hello. Hello, fellas. Oh, nice. <laughs> Caught me unawares there, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, <mate. laughs> We've got to talk about the Royal Oak as well being, being being flogged off as well. That is an absolute travesty. But anyway, if you move on to I've just kept... You can see I'm just it's in my Bubbly. brain and I just can't move on, can I? <laughs> you, can't, you can't. That's the massive, back at some point. That's the massive terrace that Brentford had behind the goal. There was loads of people behind that and that's when I was young. I used to go there behind the goal and it was fantastic. Okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to that at another point, <laughs> <laughs> Billy. But first, we are going to hear from the fans, of course, because after that draw with Cardiff, you boys were in the pub speaking to fans from both teams. Here's what they had to say. Um, we played well that first half. Uh, I think, you know, Cardiff battled back, got those two. It's just disappointing to lose from two goals up. We have got to look and got to sort out the fence. Our defence used to be strong, it no longer is. I reckon, never mind, we all we all say where's Pontus and Cabrera Pontus. I actually think we're missing Jean-Bier. I think he's been a real loss to us, um, as can be shown by the goals that we're, we're giving away and the way that the goals are being scored against us. If you go 2-0 up and you don't win the game, you've obviously got to be disappointed, but I felt that we hadn't really had to work that hard for that 2-0. Yeah, we got the first goal before the game really got started, and the second goal from a free kick. But we weren't really dominating it. I mean, we played all right, but if you look at the pattern of play in the second half, I don't think we really put them under any pressure at all. Well, actually, I thought we were back in some ways to our own good selves today. We played some really good football. We did not get the rub of the green, but we should have buried them, Billy. We absolutely should. Um, very disappointed, really, with a 2-2 draw, but a great afternoon's entertainment really exciting game and I thought we played quality and they were very agricultural and we managed to work round that for once sorry Ben Roman so unlucky his shots again he, one of them has got to go in soon uh, if that had, if one of them had gone in would have 1-3-2 everyone would have been delighted not, not much wrong with that performance although you know, I would like a, a clean sheet in the very near future. We're, we're switching off at the wrong times, aren't we? I think. Yeah. You know, and I think there's strength in depth. You know, we're missing Jensen. You know, we're missing Pontus. You know, big players, aren't they? We had that nice run. Two 0 down at one stage. You must have been thinking that the game is game set a match, didn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, after about 25 minutes, a hailstorm come as well. I thought that was it, mate. I thought uh, 
I didn't think we were going to get out of our half, to be honest. It was uh, it was awful. I thought we had some good chances. We could have could have maybe buried some more. As soon as uh, backs against the wall, we start uh, we start coming out and playing a little bit better. And um, yeah, two all, mate. I think we were on top. To be fair, I think we were unlucky. I think the referee uh, refereeing decisions were poor poor for both sides. To be honest, I mean. I think he was struggling to get around the pitch, to be honest. Funny, to be fair, <laughs> the amount of injuries. Quite honestly, I think you, you know, you look down and you think Cameron Makocho would have been a great person today to have in. Jean Vier would have been a bit more solid today, I think. Um, Canos brings in energy. Uh, Janssen and Jensen are absolutely crucial to how we play and what we are this season. And I, you know, I, you can't really legislate for that. And we've had a, you know, we've had we've been really, really kind of uh, taken back to the bare bones at the moment. And the players are out there, I think, giving everything they can. But it's, it's coming up a little bit short at the moment. I felt a little bit hard done by, it, to be honest with you, after after getting a couple of goes ahead. I don't think a point here at the end of it is awful, but. Yeah, we, we did we did kind of chuck it away a bit. Um, we we do have to draw a line now. I'd say two two away games in a week. We we needed to get at least four points. We've got we've got one. Um, that's not good enough. And with our injuries, without Pontus, without Canos coming on and bringing his enthusiasm and his energy, without Janssen as well. Macocho. Um, Macocho. Yeah, we, well, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that that eleven out there is a promotion challenging team. So there we go, gents. That is the opinion of all the fans in the pub there. I thought I heard some new new voices there, but you, you've assured me they're all the same. Well, not all the same, no, but no, some, some different. No, no, they're new. I mean, literally, when we, you know, when we go away, or particularly when we go away from home as well, we literally stick the microphone under anybody's nose who wants to, who wants to speak. So it's not, it, it, there's, we don't just select people. We just ask people if they want to say something. So yes, there were quite a few new beast voices on there as well. Obviously, there's a couple of away fans as well. And there was a sort of a kind of random sort of kind of a new neutral who kind of gave his neutral view as well so uh yeah i thought there's a good selection of people and always what i find with these things is and it's not just because we do it i just find that people are actually really quite level-headed you know even though okay you might be disappointed that you haven't got the three points i think people come up with some actually really good level-headed point of views as to what brentford what the away team have been done and if the or the opposition team have been you know playing well they, they give them the props and i think they did that today Okay, well, to sum it all up over the past week or so, I suppose, and and where Brentford are right now, it is five games without a win. So I guess we'll assess where you think the guys are, the performance itself. I mean, in terms of an advert for championship football, the game itself was was a thriller. Certainly the first 45 minutes were a day. It was, it was, yeah. It's that cliche game, well, not even game of two halves, game of sort of 40 minutes and then last five and then the second half. But I, I think we started well. We were good, yeah, we started well. We sort of dominated the game. Good in possession and uh, took two. Yeah, went into went two goals in the head, and it didn't look like it was going to go any other way other than us sort of romping to three or four. And then I think, I think Harris sort of rattled Charles. Uh, how like he rattled them a little bit and said, "Are you going to just get blown over at home here?" And then a few sort of heavy tackles came in, and it was a little bit more aggressive from then. And then before you know it, it was sort of two all, and it was how how have they done this? How have they got back in the game? I don't think they deserved it. I think I think they were one of the worst teams I think I've seen in the championship, and really? I, I don't say that lightly. Sort of in possession or play building up how they look to attack, they are pretty awful. And not just saying that in like a two-all draw and sort of being picky, they are a really bad team. I think they've gone backwards, actually, since Warnock, which is bizarre to hear. But yeah, it was a strange one. We sort of, it was just in complete control and then it got wrestled away from us and then it just got quite niggly. But I don't think we, um, I don't think we suffered. I think we might hear from Frank earlier. I think we sort of stood up to the task and because they came back to us, we didn't sort of think, oh, let's lose this. We, we, we kept going and we tried to win the game, but it was just a difficult one. And we might talk about this later as well. The, uh, the officiating probably didn't help either. Mm. Billy? I mean, it was one of those ones where before we knew it, we were 2 0 up. And I mean, and, and a lot of people say it's, your, it's all your fault. <laughs> but I was just like, we've got this in the bag. And Laney just turned around to me, stop it, Bill. And I'm like, nah, man, this we've got this one. You know, after the previous few weeks, we were up 2 0 up here and we were cruising. Mm. Um, but they, you know, it was this whole thing about they, uh, they were very direct. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, you know, no. you know, launching the ball straight into the area, and it's just very annoying that we weren't able to deal with it. And you know, like I said to you, I, you know, I've talked about this before with you know, with you know, are we, 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 we know, well, not I've talked about, it, but everyone's talked about it before. You know, are we suffering? You know, without Pontus Janssen, you know, and and the question is that you know we feel that we are <laughs> suffering without Pontus because um, before Pontus, um, 
when when Pontus was playing with us, we conceded 18 goals in 25 matches, an average of 0.7 goals a game. With Pontus not playing now, we've conceded 14 goals in 11 matches, con- an average of 1.4 goals conceded a game. So you can see, you know, already, OK, you can say it's a small sample size and all that kind of stuff. But no, you can kind of see with the shift. That's a massive shift in the fact that, you know, we're actually conceding much more and the fact that he's not there. <clears throat> now, you may argue the fact that, OK, Jensen's not in the midfield and certain things aren't happening there. And, you know, the Silva's not playing as well as he may be. You know, there's other factors maybe involved, but I think his presence... Him in the defence, his he he's great on the ball. He's also great at commanding the team, and that missing has really, I think, caused us major problems. And uh, of course, Brentford are going to hold it down and play it down and say we've got a squad and everything like that. And they've come in and they're doing their job. But I just think that Pontus is a massive miss for us. He's clearly identified a threat as well as any Neil Harris for Cardiff because yep. that throw, that Will Volk's throw, we know all about that. 24 goals now they've scored from set pieces in the Championship. That is more than any other side. Yeah, yeah. Both their shots on target against Forrest in the game before came from sort of long, uh, two of their four shots on targets came from long throws. They're both their, I mean, lots of chances against us. And if you. Th- we're sort of we're reeling a little bit because we haven't got Pontus, and I think if you look at the type of goals we're conceding, the type of chances, they're all from sort of direct balls in, and then it's that first clearance that's not being cleared, and then the second ball as well, and someone's getting on the end of that. Losing Pontus is bad, but sort of losing Janvier as well behind him, who is, I mean, much inferior version of Pontus. We'll be honest about that, but still losing him again, we're really at the bare bones, and uh, it's a route to attack, and we we just can't seem to defend our goal in that sense. We, all of our other plays really good, sort of in terms of controlling the game and not giving away too many open play chances. We're not cons- we're not being done there from that sort of situation. It's just these set pieces and uh I don't, uh, we, we just need our we need our big boys back basically and that's what we need yeah absolutely there was a bit of uh, handbags during the game not the first time that we've seen Thomas Frank just get a little bit feisty which I personally think is actually good to see we'll hear from him first before we react to that here's what he said after the game <laughs> In many ways, pleased with them. I think we, we showed um, a top, top attitude from the first second. We just went here, dominated uh, to control the ball, created chances, opportunities, um, went tunnel up, totally in control the two, 20, first 25 minutes. Then we conceded um, um, a goal, and then it got a little bit back and forth. I think a good goal from Cardiff, to be fair. And then we knew that the defensive set pieces we need, uh, they, they were very strong in, in that part. And we knew the long throws was very, very, they were very good at that. Uh, so, of course, we should have handled that better in, in that situation. But then we just got another uh, goal just before halftime, just, just like um, against Luton last time. And I'm, I'm pleased that we went out to second half on the front foot, again, you know, dominating the game, just wanted to go for that win. But, but second half was a little bit too much back and forth. They played the long ball, second ball. We needed to defend uh, a lot of uh, the long throws in a row. We we kept going and we kept trying to create that that final pass, that that big uh, opportunity that could have um, given us the third goal. So so overall, um, I'm pleased with the with the performance. We, it seems like we are in a um, in in a, in a spell where we just need to do even more to turn the the draws into wins. Um, I think if you look just at the numbers and the performances, I think we've done enough to win at least maybe three of the last four draws and a, and a lost. But for whatever reason, we, we don't. Um, so we just need to stay in there, work been a bit harder, do everything we can to play better. Uh, but I'm pleased that we, we came here and played the Brentford way to, to dominate and um, go for the win. I never, almost never in the media... Uh, complain about the the refs uh, if we should have had a pen or they shouldn't have had a pen or whatever today I, I need to to raise my voice because I think it was a clear clear red card um, and it was just right in front of uh, of the fourth official the the linesman conceded as well uh, Neil Harris admitted there was a red card the player after the game admitted it was a red card so for me they were just too soft um, and yeah, couldn't take that that crucial de- decision. But um, that's football. We need to move forward. I hope, hopefully, they learn. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from Besotted, Billy the B Grant, and Dave XG Anderson. Before we move on to 
uh, reacting to what Thomas Frank had to say there and also just a bit more reaction from the Cardiff game. A quick update from the Championship and that is that Middlesbrough have turned the game on its head at the Riverside in their clash with Nottingham Forest today. Ryan Yates put the visitors ahead but then two goals in four minutes courtesy of Rudy Gestead on the score sheet. Who would have thought it? And Lewis Wing just putting the home side in front. So Middlesbrough 2, Nottingham Forest 1. A good Go result on the for the Bees. We'll have Go some on of that. that. Yeah. Great result, fella. Yeah, <laughs> well, a good right. result as things stand. Yeah, yeah. Go on Baker Street, see, they're doing it for us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, gents, let's just react to what Thomas Frank had to say there. We did mention before uh, the ads that he was quite vocal. He got quite feisty in the game, didn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it did get feisty during the game. You know, um, let's, listen, Harris, he, he kind of he knows what he needs to do against Brentford. You know, we're a particular type of team. He's played against us before. He's frustrated us before, and he knew what he had to do. He, you know, they were doing their long throws, getting the ball into the middle, and... Uh, and 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 we were not dealing with that as well as we were doing back in the day, as I said, and we talked about the Pontus thing as well, you know. And also, there's a few little uh, a few little tackles that went down, which weren't particularly. Uh, weren't particularly sporting I think is probably the best way to do it and they weren't picked up on which we'll probably talk about a little bit later so that's how Cardiff actually kind of dealt with us and I think they kind of knocked us a little bit out of our stride yeah basically what what we're saying is um, these teams we we need the game to go quite pure we need protection from the ref we need it to be nice and free flowing and then when teams like this sort of ruffle us up and it's, it's it's a tactic they're being sent out to do this Sometimes we thought we were got, we thought we'd gotten over this, hadn't we? The first sort of fifteen games of the season, we we looked strong and we looked like we could deal with this. But in the last sort of five, six, maybe a little bit longer. In fact, pretty much since Ponder's been out, it's it's we've shown a little bit of a weakness in that area, and we're not quite dealing with that that sort of robustness as we were. And no, and no one seems to have stepped in to have taken the Pontus role to say, "All right, tell you something, we'll we'll deal with this. I'll handle it. I'll I'll make sure that we're all okay." So it's a little bit of a I say it's a little bit of a fear, but again, I have confidence in the coaching staff and the staff because I, I i really do believe that where we're at the moment now we're going to talk about at the end of the show we're going to be doing some predictions as to where he's going to be going up and down and all that stuff which i think is very important but i just think that where they're thinking now and they do all their mathematics and they feel that we are there or thereabouts still yes i know the results aren't 100 going to plan but we're still chiseling away and i think the thought is that they would rather us have our key players because at the end of the day you remember what is key you're going on a run at the right time Right, so us going on a run now, bringing the players going on a run, and then players disappearing towards the end of the season because they're injured again, you know, isn't the right time. So it's better to have those players out for as long as possible, put them into the side, and then get them in so that we can actually pick up on a run. Because you know, if you finish in sixth place and go on a run at the end of the season, you're going to win, end up winning the playoffs, and that's what we need to do. He's certainly utilising the squad is more as well, isn't he? Now he's starting to see that. Maz Roslev in the game last week. Yeah. Luka Rajic, of course, getting on the score sheet yeah. uh, on Saturday. One yeah. quote I did see from Brian and Buemo. I know he got his 13th of the season. Mm. Ten of those, by the way, coming inside the first 30 minutes. So he likes scoring early. But I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I read a quote from him after the game where he said, you know, the confidence is coming back a bit by bit. I was like, has the confidence had it gone? Maybe he's talking about himself individually more. I, I don't know whether it was a team perspective. Uh, I, 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 people say this to me all the time. Brent, I think we're a confident team. We're not. We're not. We don't lack confidence. We're, to play the game that we play is on, only a confident team could play like that. We're really comfortable in our own skin. So I don't believe that. Maybe him himself was probably he'd been on a slight barren run, hadn't he? He hadn't scored in a while, and maybe he was. But maybe something's going on in training, or maybe he's not doing what he's been asked for. But I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't read too much in that. I think there's a, p- a period where we knew we had a tough set of games. You know, we had the the the, the Nottingham Forest game, the Leeds game. You know, we had the whole game to a certain extent, which could have gone either way. But they sold their players a couple of days beforehand, so it bode in our favour. You know, we had the Blackburn game. We knew they were tough games, and I think that they kind of drilled this into the to the team. And, and maybe with uh, the changes and everything like that, maybe uh, they kind of got not I'd say nervous but they realised that they had a they had a tough out you know um, set of games ahead of them and because they haven't quite gone to plan maybe again they have taken it slightly to heart and uh, the confidence has gone to a certain extent but I just believe that all they need to do is get one decent result because you see as soon as they get one decent result they're buzzing again we thought we'd get it at Luton we didn't get it at Luton it looked like we we're going to get it at Cardiff it didn't quite happen at Cardiff we're looking at Saturday, West, um, Sheffield Wednesday, who are properly down in the dumps at the moment now. I mean, listen, you speak to any of their fans and they're saying, we are on the way out. You know, Gary Monk can't revive us. You know, we're, our team's all over the place. Everything is all over the place about Wednesday. That is the prime opportunity for us to go back in, get a decent result. 
merely not it's not about three points at the table so we can actually get that confidence back and we can be buzzing again yeah incredible they were third at christmas day i think sheffield wednesday two wins in 13 is it now they're in free fall so you'd like to think saturday back to it gents but let's get back to the the officiating and the referees because it was simon hooper on saturday it was because i mean it's simon hooper on saturday but what i'll say but before that as well is that i mean and we discussed this a little bit earlier about this is that is that is the league is strong as it as it as it was last season, because a lot of people have been saying that. A lot of people get, ah, oh, no, the league is is uh, it's terrible this season. It's not as strong this season as it was before. It's rubbish, you know. <laughs> but then I just had a little bit of a spin and had a little bit of a look. And last season, top of the league was Norwich on seventy two. Um, after playing, you know, thirty six games, West Brom were on sixty nine. So okay, you know, but everyone thought Norwich sort of kind of running away. Then Leeds were second on sixty seven last season. Now they've got sixty eight. Third was Sheffield United on 65. We've got Fulham on 63. we got West Brom fourth on 60. we got Norris, uh, Nottingham Forest fourth on 62 this season as well. Um, Borough last season was 58 in fifth place. Brentford on 57 in fifth place. And Bristol City were in sixth place on 54 last season. And um, Preston, this are 56. So if you could see that, actually, we're kind of there or thereabouts. Um, and I think this whole thing, and, I, and we and David talk about this earlier, I just think that, you know, a lot of the teams have got a lot, you know, there's a lot better. There's a lot more, I wouldn't say even, but, you know, you go to Birmingham City and, you know, they're looking good at times. You look at Charlton, you know, who, who put the ball in the back of the net, even though they, they get one chance <laughs> a game, but they seem to score it. And I think that's probably the difference with this league and compared to the season when Newcastle were running away and with Wolves it. as well. So I yeah. think this is what people, so because at the top you don't have this elite, real sort of standout team with sort of Champions League talent, people sort of think the whole league's weaker, but... I just don't see it like that at all. I'm back with Billy on this. If you look at the sort of points, the dominance over those teams and the lower, le- the lower teams are pretty much the same as this season. There's no massive gap. It's just that you just don't have this real shining light at the top, which is uh, which probably fools everyone into thinking it's weaker. What I found bizarre about the weekend's fixtures as well is that for the first time, I know every game day now is massive from now mm. until the end of the season, but when you looked at this weekend, it was almost a case of the entire table being split and it was like the top half are all going to play each other and the bottom half are all going to play each other. I know West Brom had Wigan and Leeds had Hull but you had you know Cardiff and yourselves. Of course you had Blackburn and Swansea, Fulham and Preston. All teams, Millwall, Bristol City, all teams vying for those playoff places Mm. and all teams actually bar Fulham beating Preston struggling to beat each other. It's like everybody's cancelling each other out. Yeah. and that is and that's great as well I mean it's mad it's frustrating for us but that is a, that is the scenario and that's when you realise that um, you know basically there's, there was one stage right it was just just after we beat QPR around about that time before we knew that Pontus was going to go missing <laughs> if we were if we had gone on you know if we carry on what, what like we did now there's no two ways about it we would have been in the top two there's just there's no two ways away the way that we were playing what we were doing you can see what's been happening with the league recently we would have been in the top two and that's why i think why we were very confident at that time and obviously we've had a little bit of a you know bit of a uh, drop off since but you can kind of see when when we were at that stage you kind of knew when the sort of kind of top quality was because at that stage we were top quality now we've stuck back a little bit and not knocking our team but we've kind of not quite as quality as we were then um but i still believe that with the right timing and the right players we can step back into that again to you it's all about just getting the right players slotting in at the right time but you were talking about the referee scenario as well weren't you i was purely because we we touched on simon hooper was the ref in that game on saturday and it's uh obviously it's a topic that comes up throughout our fan shows that we do here on love sport and the amount of fans moaning about referees not just in the case of oh the referee was rubbish <coughs> but really on a serious note the standard of officiating that a lot of fans think has really dropped in recent seasons. Names that Trevor Kettle, everyone's always talking about Trevor Kettle, for crying out loud, is the name that always comes up. But it's not just him. It's a whole load of other referees as well. And the standard <laughs> of officiating, Dave, I know that it's an easy argument, but would you agree that maybe it's dropped in recent seasons? I think it has dropped. And I think the whole thing is just a bit of a, it's a, bit of a farce. But um, I think isn't, this isn't coming from like a one-club perspective. It's not us saying, Brentford, we get bad referees. I think if you went round individually, every single fan experiences this. And I, it's not so much... I mean, referees have a tough job. We, we accept that. But looking beyond that, I don't, I don't know if we're... So some, an incident happened with us on the weekend. Uh, it was the fourth official who was pretty much useless. The, the job of the fourth official, we're not really sure what they're up to. Are they doing enough? And it's probably the, it's the way the whole game's being officiated. That's what I think we're actually getting onto now. It's no, there's no point... If we keep looking at individual referees and they're actually struggling, it might be that... 
they're not actually getting the help they need or there's something else that needs to be able to sort of assist them in performing better. But just quickly, because I want to touch on the FA, um, sort of the fourth officials, this is my sort of angle here. <laughs> Quick definition of the fourth officials. In general, fourth officials are responsible for assisting the referee with administrative functions before, during and after the match. Assessment of players' equipment, managing substitutions, including using a numbered board and electronic play uh, electronic board where, dis- like, where supplied. And what, I, don't, I don't even, that's not really a lot, <laughs> is it, really, if you think about what they're doing throughout the game. So I was kind of thinking, why are they not watching a sort of live feed of the game and in touch with the referee all the way through? He's mic'd up, assisting him properly, controlling the whole game with him, assisting, doing what an assistant referee you'd think would do. And um, looking at decisions, make it, helping him where he's, where he's on the blind side or where he might not be in the right position. I, I just don't think the fourth officials are really doing anything. Well, they're not working hard enough. Because we did have a situation again with Falks. He put his, as people have seen, he put his knee on uh, Norgard's head, mm. which, you know, people, everyone has said they've seen it afterwards. That's a blatant red card. Uh, it wasn't given by the referee. Um, again, looking at you know, sometimes referees think I don't want to sort of kind of I don't want to lose the game. You know, if I if I lose the, the players and everything like that, if I do if I send them off, then then I've lost control of this game. So maybe it's that, but it was hundred percent a red card. Now the you know Volks went off to put the throw in. I think that they got the header and they scored the goal. So mm. that's affected us hundred percent. It's, it's lost us two points. That has so it's really frustrating. And now coming back to what you said, man, you're talking about the game and how it, how. In effect, you talk about the organisation and they're not kind of like, they don't seem to be organised. You've got the Professional Game Match Officials Limited, which is a big organisation, you know. They've got 115 staff, you know, who are paid £8 million a year in wages and benefits, you know what I'm saying? So there's a proper organisation. 65 of them are refs and assistant refs in the top two divisions in the Championships and the Premier League. And 17 of those are Premier League refs as well. Um, and of that, I mean, you know, I mean, how much do you think a referee gets, you know, what, do you know what they get paid? You know that? No idea. I think the top didn't the top ref a few years back was going to get like a hundred grand a year or but something. You're talking about top refs. I mean, they get seventy uh, seventy thousand pound basic plus they get a thousand pound a match as well. Now I know you know that's for Premier League. From I wonder if that's Championship or not as well. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not an unsubstantial amount of money as well. So you know you would expect a certain amount of quality, certain amount of training. You know, I mean, it's interesting what the refs do. I mean, you know, some of the top refs they actually do real lot of research. They 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 watch the the home match game. They watch the away match game. Game. They watch their tactics. They watch where their corners are. They, you know, they, they you know, they do yeah. actually quite a lot of work to try and. Um to try and understand the game yeah, yeah. so I that's what I reckon we should stress I don't think we're saying that refs in themselves are useless and bad I think the whole the whole system around them is probably not good enough and however much you try and sort of perform at the best of your abilities you're probably not getting the tools and the, and the help from everybody who's around uh, to sort of help you with it are you that's, that's kind of where we're coming from here so I think just a quick and um, wanted to look at sort of hockey for instance so we're, I think footballs are probably quite behind of it, how it sort of officiates the game so hockey that pitch is so much smaller the ice hockey match you have two on-field refs and you have two linesmen. You have four refs buzzing around uh, this court. So, I mean, uh, what, if that's that's sort of officiating on the game, they're not really sort of standing behind and just handing out buttons and sort of counting stuff and uh, making sure of substitutions. They're actually looking at the game and making sure it's being sort of officiated properly. And I, I don't think we have enough officiating the game personally now and also it's quite interesting as well because uh to be fair xg david his name is xg dave not dave xg if you don't mind actually. <laughs> all right but actually <laughs> but actually listen if you're gonna get the nicknames you get them right but um, xg dave pointed out to me at the weekend okay we played not card if it was 90 minutes plus a few minutes of extra time and then the game how long and i'm going to ask you do you think just quickly the ball was actually in play for that game out of the 90 minutes plus extra time both us i'm going to guess by that we're looking at what 60 minutes. XG Dave, how much? Oh, it's a little bit less than that, mate. 49 minutes it wow. was. 49 minutes the ball was in play for that 90-minute plus extra match. So it goes to show you kind of what is going on. The referee, you could say that he didn't quite have control because the players were allowed to cheat and waste time and fouls and rolling over and he didn't put that time up. You know, so how do you how do you how yeah, do you so take for that this is what we're talking about the game being pure if you're just going to have stoppages if you've got clubs who don't want the ball and want to just waste most of the 90 minutes and you've got us who want the ball and want to play and want to score you're you're fighting a back you're, you're fighting up pillow together um oh sorry bill i've got what you asked me then what no no i'm just talking about that yeah. so what so what can we do to, well, to, to we, combat that yeah we were talking we were sort of thinking of ideas and i, I it's a bit radical here but I, is a 90 minute sort of start the clock and press play and go is that the best way to play the game should Something I've spoken about with some of my friends privately is um, is a six is an hour match. So the, the match lasts an hour, and uh, every time the ball goes out, 
you stop the clock that's it so you can't you can't there's none of this sort of messing around you've got an hour you make sure you've got an hour of pure football that gets played and uh, anything any sort of stoppages that's it you pause the game the stop clock interesting do you know what my only fear with that yeah is that we'll move on because I remember MLS the early days of MLS and you get to the point where you've got 10 seconds and the whole crowd 10 (laughs) 9 come on I think we've got to try and not think of the cheesiness of American sports and think about our own sport and how it would work and I reckon we could get I think we could get around this There's, there's something there Okay, a debate for another time, perhaps. This should be thankful that we don't have VAR in the championship. That's definitely a debate for another time. Right, next up, I'm going to be putting the boys on the spot with some championship predictions. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Brentford Fan Show, me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from Besotted, Billy the B Grant and XG Dave. That's yeah. it. You got it. You got it, man. Yeah. It's like when you're out on a night out and you're calling someone by the wrong name all night and they don't say anything until you get home and someone you know goes, you know, that's no, that's not that. that, that we're, br- we're British and we're polite. There that's we why are. we don't correct yeah. you. But thank you for correcting me. I've been calling you Dave XG Anderson the whole time. XG Dave from now on. Okay, that's right. it. Thanks, Matt. No worries. <laughs> right, fellas. We've only got about five or six minutes left. So mm. let's get into these championship predictions. We are predicting what is going to happen from now until the end of the season. Winners, runners up, all the rest of it billy yeah okay for me very simple Le- winners of this uh, championship is going to be leeds united i just think that you know they are too good and uh they've been they've been missing the chances but i think now they're they're back on track and you know they just you know as xg dave says they the xg is too high they create too many chances and they're on the they're, they're on the home straight now so leeds united yeah well, i think i'm with you there billy big advocates of leeds throughout the season you can see everything they do is just they're, they're the best team in this league by a million miles and uh, if they don't win it i'd be very surprised yeah, four games on the bounce now as well. They've had their blip, which I suppose can serve as some inspiration for Brentford. Brentford kind of going through a mini sort of blip at the moment and they've bounced back. There's no reason to say the Bees can't do the same. Billy, runners-up. Runners-up is going to be West Brom as well. Um, I think that, uh, again, if the season was a little bit longer and uh, we we or other teams come out of a uh, then we might be able to catch them up. But I think West Brom are too far ahead of the game. I think they're, they're all right. They've got some great players and they, I think they strengthened very well in the last window and that's going to see them good um yeah runners up for me controversial not west brom i don't think west brom are going to come second oh wow i've, I've thought this all the season i don't think they're going to come they're going to come second it's going to second is either going to be us or fulham that's my shout wow. so west brom so what they did in the window they got some good attackers and they've helped they've sort of fixed their areas in that area but it's their defending i don't think they're any good at the back and uh every time higazi plays similar to lovren from liverpool they are a worry, and uh, Bartley doesn't look as fit as he is, and I think West Brom are going to drop away. I've got a feeling. I don't Sunny, think they're going to do it. The, the Fulham are still six points adrift of West Brom. It's only six points. It's nothing. It's absolutely yeah, nothing. I, 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 okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. But I, you know, I, have to, I, just, I just think they've, they've just done enough, and they're going to crawl themselves yeah. over the line. Uh, third place for me is going to be Brentford. I think that you know we're going to have we've got a little dodgy period that we've got. We'll come back. The players will come back. Jens will come back. Jansen will come back, and we're going to boom straight into the pl- uh, straight into the third position for the end of the season. Dave. Third for me is going to be either us or Fulham, one of the either way. It'll be um, go for one. Okay, Fulham. Brentford, yeah. us. We're coming third, so we're not going to be second. <laughs> well, it's Fulham. Those are where well, I can't be Fulham. It'll be West Brom, surely. No, no. Bre- oh, well, West Brom. Yeah, sorry, West Brom third. Yes, West Brom. Okay. So okay. yeah. So and for me, fourth place, Fulham as well I think that Fulham are right but I think they've still got deficiencies they've got obviously uh, Mitrovic is a great striker but if Mitrovic doesn't get the ball or he can't get it to him then they've got nothing else really going for them so I think that Fulham uh, and Fulham fans as well aren't overly confident uh, themselves so I think Fulham fourth place Okay, Dave Uh, fourth place I'm going to go who have I missed out now Uh, sorry for Fulham so I can have Fulham can't I Yeah, yeah Fulham yeah. I thought you were putting Fulham in the top two. You've confused me. Well, no, my top two is a little bit liberal. It's going to be either us or Fulham. So you're going to be the mathematician here. You're the Carroll place. Jesus. <laughs> fourth, I'm having Fulham in fourth. Okay. Right for me, um, fifth place Not- Nottingham Forest as well. I think Nottingham Forest. I mean, they're losing at the moment now to to Middlesbrough. I mean, I'm, I'm going to touch wood here because anything can happen between now. But I think Nottingham Forest. They seem to raise a game against us and Leeds United and, and that. But they 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 still get um, not so good results against other teams and they don't create loads of chances. They're good at defending, um, and I just don't think they'll have enough firepower to see them through. Mm, yeah, my fifth. I'm certain about this one. I think Preston. I think Preston will come fifth. I like Preston a bit more than uh, Forest. A bit more in attack. 
a little bit more about them, and I think they're just a, a sort of better team, actually. Just simple as that. Simple as sixth place, Preston North End for me as well. And again, you know, it's a flip between the two, but I just yeah. think Preston, you know, they're they're they're, they're a good team, um, but I just think that's where they'll be best home record in the championship this season as yeah. well so if they maintain that they'll stay there your but, last spot but their away record isn't as good no that's true and sixth for me I think Forrest will do enough just to get into the playoffs and hold the others off but uh, yeah they'll sneak into sixth okay Billy so your winners your playoff winners from those four Brentford of course absolutely yeah, you know, no yeah. other name in there <laughs> Brentford versus uh, Brentford, Brentford versus Fulham and the playoffs oh, oh lovely <laughs> uh, and I think I think West Brom will do the playoffs. I think they'll get through. That's the, that's the route they'll go traitor, through. Traitor, traitor. <laughs> so Brentford are going up automatically, and West Brom are going oh, up by the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, your bottom three. All right, Luton. I think they've gone. I know they beat us, and they're doing a bit of a rallying cry. But I think they're too far gone, Luton, and I think they're they're out of here. It's a bottom uh, place. I also think Luton, yep, yeah, Luton are going to go down. I think they just won't have enough and they'll run out of games and it'll be unfortunate, but yeah, Luton are going to go. Second bottom place for me actually is somebody who's not in the bottom three at the moment now, but I think Hull City. I mean, Hull City, the bottom's come out of this season ever since they sold the two players, uh, Grissetti and Bowen, and they really have got, got no battle, no fight, they've got anything like that, and they've got 10 games to go to try and pull something out of the bag, and I actually think that they're going to, to bottom right out, and I think they're going to end up in the relegation zone. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Borough's my other team. I think Borough are going to go. I know we're watching them now and they're sort of beating Forest, but yeah, Borough's my um, second team to go down. I'm not too keen on them at all. Yeah, and, and and my third team to go down and Borough were there or thereabouts but I don't know there's something about Borough I think that's <laughs> going, to, going to save them. I, I think that again somebody else who's not in the relegation zone at the moment now is Charlton. I think Charlton at the moment now, I think they've, was it, was it, well, they won two and six or is it, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing particularly well. Yes, the chances that they get, they get few chances, they put them at the back of the net. But at the moment now, they're, 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 they're struggling a little bit. And I think Charlton may, and the last game of the season, drop out. Mm, yeah, it was a big loss on the weekend for them, wasn't it? But Charlton, I've not put Charlton in mind. I think they're going to be okay just because of Taylor. I think Taylor's goals might keep them above. But um, I think Barnsley are going to go, actually. They've been on a good run recently. I don't know how much they can keep that longer, keep that up for. So I think it's going to be, yeah, Luton, Borough and Barnsley I for think, me. I think Barnsley are right. I've, I've always said at the beginning of the season, but in my <laughs> pre-season predictions, I think that Barnsley, everyone's going to pick them to go down. But I think that up front, they're great. You know, Carly Woodrow and the players that they've got, I think great up front, but defensively a bit dodgy. Mm. And just quickly, who's going to be top scorer? Top scorer are oh, none other than Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins top as well, you know. The scorer's job. Good stuff, fellas. Before we go, very quick plugs, Billy. End of season social tickets are off sale at the moment now because we've just sold loads of tickets and we just have to do a bit of analysis as it is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but go to besotted.com forward slash social and you can put yourself on the wait list now and then hopefully they'll come on sale in a few days' time. And also Sheffield Wednesday podcast, Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Pride of West dot London. Good stuff. This has been the Brentford Fanshare. We'll be back next Monday, 8 p.m. with all the reaction from what will hopefully be a win against Sheffield Wednesday. Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.